Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Motivate Korean podcast. My name is Ian, and I'll be your host. It's just you and me today. None of the other guys are here. Between ourselves, uh, the Motivate Korean team, we sometimes refer to this podcast as just MocoPod. So maybe we can call these one-on-ones like a Moco Solo or something. It's going to be a little bit different than some of our other episodes. I don't know about that name. We'll see where it goes. Anyway, quick shout out to our sponsor, NordVPN, for helping us put together this episode of the Motivate Korean podcast. Stick around for a coupon code later on in the episode. During my several year stint in the hagwon industry as an English instructor here in Korea, I worked at a variety of different places. After finishing a full year contract at a kindergarten in order to get to the finish line of the long process that allowed me to get the residency visa I have now, I needed to switch to a nighttime gig and change some things around in my schedule. I found a cool looking hagwon in my neighborhood and I reached out via email in Korean to see if they were hiring. You see, at this time, I was able to have conversations about a variety of topics quite confidently and learn new things about Korean in Korean. I felt like a champ. I crushed the interview in Korean, greeted my new co-workers in Korean, and started teaching English classes in Korean. It was great. One day, my Wonjangnim, my boss, the owner of the place, came over to me and told me it was time to call the parents of my students to give an update on how the kids were doing. Great, I thought. I can handle that. What I didn't realize at the time was that I had never spoken formally, at length, over the phone, in Korean before. And definitely I'd never had a conversation about student performance. Not realizing this, I went into those phone calls very confidently. Well, overconfidently. I got on the line, I got through my spiel, and what I heard back was, they? What? I didn't know what to say. It would appear that humans aren't very good at new things. Well, more precisely, we're not very good at knowing whether or not we're good at new things. Research done by social psychologists David Dunning and Justin Kruger asserts that the less knowledge we have about something, the more we think we have. The less competence we have in a certain discipline, the more competent we believe ourselves to be. Dunning and Kruger's work is conveniently named the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's a scientific approach to the famous adage, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know albeit in reverse this time. The less you know, the more you think you know. This quote has been attributed to tons of great thinkers across cultures. Socrates, Lao Tzu, Albert Einstein, you name it. I feel like that goes a really long way in showing that this is a human truth. This is something we've known across cultures and eras. To give you a visual here, imagine a chart. On the y-axis, up and down, you have perceived competence, or how good I think I am. And on the x-axis, left to right, you have actual competence, starting at zero and going to master. The research that coined this term found data that looked like a half-pipe for skateboarding, or a capital U. It shows that as actual skill increases, left to right, that there's a story 
an initial misperception, growing humility, depths of despair, enlightenment, and eventually acknowledgement of the complexity of the skill as actual skill increases. This was basically a timeline of my personal journey with Korean, to be honest. Now, the explanation for this is quite logical. Our self-assessment capabilities are pretty bad without context. In some ways, it's inspiring to me. It makes me like our species a little more. We're optimistic about the potential of new skills, and we're confident about our ability to competently use them. This is because we're an innovative creature. The thing is, our judgment of things is always context-dependent. How good am I at this can only be answered if you know how well other people do this. I mean, how well can this even be done? Comparison essentially requires more than one sample. Oftentimes, though, collecting those samples of information affect the knowledge you have about the subject. They nudge you forward along the actual competency scale in a way. It's kind of Schrodinger-esque. One day, the curtain lifts, the wool is removed from your eyes, you reach what you think is the top of the mountain, only to realize you've just arrived at base camp. In the shocking moments that followed my absolute, catastrophic, total failure on the phone with this, unfortunately for me, rather impatient parent, I realized that I might have bitten off a bit more than I could chew. So I stumbled through the latter end of the phone call. I said, thank you for your support of our school and got off the phone as fast as I could. At this junction in my Korean learning journey, I had a choice to make. Anyone who has received a sudden context slap in the face regarding any skill they've ever started to work on has had the same choice to make. Give up or push forward. As discouraged as I was, as daunting as the reality before me was, I decided that first and foremost, I needed help picking this new information apart. I asked someone with better Korean than me to assess my performance. Someone who knew how well this could be done. So for people who are traveling to and from Korea, or really anywhere in the world, Keeping your personal and financial information safe is extremely important. We all know that. Here in Korea, there's an expectation of free Wi-Fi just about everywhere. And scammers can prey on that expectation pretty easily. That is why we use NordVPN wherever we are. It protects you, your personal and your financial information, as well as your internet devices, like I said, no matter where you are. Uh, VPNs are pretty much a basic necessity for expats living in Korea. They're the only way you can access certain banking and government services back home while you're in Korea. So, if you use our coupon code MOKO, M-O-K-O, at nordvpn.com slash MOKO, you can get 70% off a three-year plan plus an extra month free. So that brings the price down to like $3.49 a month. Part of that will also go towards helping us expand this channel and provide you with more content just like this. Thanks again to NordVPN for sponsoring this episode of the Motivate Korean Podcast. So, unbeknownst to me at the time, I was undertaking an exercise in one of the most valuable language learning skills there is. Reaching out for help. Seeking context. After discussing the ins and outs of what I said in that phone call with a native speaker, I had a script. 
she made me realize that in this area of using Korean, where I landed on that competency scale was pretty far to the left. As we've discussed in our knowledge versus skill episode, fluency can be achieved from day one because fluency really are the points where your knowledge and skill meet up, where they intersect. You can be fluent in cafe Korean, but not fluent in discussing theoretical physics in Korean. In this case, I'd become fluent in many of the areas of Korean I was using on a regular basis. Business phone calls was not one of those areas. To give you a specific example, I learned the importance of repeating the title of the Sangdebang, the other party in a conversation. If you've ever had a business-related phone call in Korean, as a customer, you'll hear the representative for the company you're doing business with constantly saying, 고객님, 네, 고객님. This is slightly unnatural if you have any conversational experience with Korean. We drop that information most of the time. Who did what? Who we're talking to? That information is either known due to context or shared through different channels, like the use of nopimaya conjugations or whatever. When in this situation as a teacher, if you're speaking to a mother, which is more common than speaking with the father, just in my personal experience, Repeating 어머니, 어머니 more often than you naturally would in a face-to-face conversation is not only natural, but necessary from a sales perspective. You know, little things like this you probably wouldn't pick up without a lot of repetitive listening experience. In this case, that could only be gained by actually participating in the phone calls yourself or maybe seeing them on TV. We've called Korean the Everest of foreign languages for native English speakers before, and with good reason. Earlier, I gave you the image of thinking you've gotten to the top of the mountain because it's all you can see as you're going up, only to arrive and realize you've just made it to base camp for the bigger one. Now, Everest Base Camp isn't a discouraging place or a disappointing achievement. It's a meeting place for people who want to go up. It's a gathering place for people who have similar aspirations, experiences, equipment, and questions. It's a place to find others who want to go where you want to go. Being discouraged by the realization that you've got another climb ahead of you isn't the right reaction. You've committed enough to get to base camp, along with many others who have done the same. You have skin in the game, as do they. Unlike the first steps of language learning, the transitions into intermediate and advanced materials and learning situations puts you in contact with others who are doing the same thing, our Korean learning base camp. Similarly, as Everest climbs are being rather irresponsibly managed, so is the language learning industry by education companies. Telling people, hey, for a premium, I can get you to the top of Everest regardless of your skill level, leads inexperienced people into deadly situations. Not to mention the local Sherpa people, some of whom have made a living for themselves guiding foreigners up the mountain, to overwork themselves, put themselves in more danger than necessary, essentially carrying themselves and another person up the mountain too. You see where I'm going with this? There is no safe way up the mountain. You're in far more danger going up this way than almost any other way. 
Now, fortunately, learning the Everest of languages doesn't put anyone's life in danger like the Everest of mountains does. Death in our journey is quitting, a loss of interest. Both the Everest climbing industry and the language learning industry are dealing with an avoidable problem. The real problem here, in my opinion, isn't a teacher telling you they can get you to the top. Most teachers just want to help, and that's an easy way to communicate their intentions. No, the problem here is that getting to the top of Mount Everest and being able to climb to the top of Mount Everest are two different things. In the same way, having spoken Korean once and being able to speak Korean are different things. Language learning is best fostered, nurtured, encouraged when the teacher sets up the learner to succeed on their own. When the teacher shows the learner how to set themselves up for success. And when teachers teach learners how to avoid setting themselves up to fail and in so doing, killing their own motivation to learn. What teachers in language learning should do, first and foremost, is help their students evade the pitfalls of the Dunning-Kruger effect by constantly giving them context, reminding them of the interconnectedness of their skills and their knowledge, and fostering in them the wisdom to know truly when it's safe to go for the peak. Now, there's a feel-good ending to my story. The first step to fixing a problem is admitting there is one. One of the first steps to improving a skill is realizing you can. I practiced what I wanted to say. I worked out the kinks with a native speaker. I got back on the phone. I got back on the phone a few weeks later, and I crushed it. She even complimented me on how much better our conversation went how much more satisfied she was with my feedback, how much more she trusted me and the company I worked for. Now, it would have been easier to walk away, to avoid the embarrassment, to skip the practice, to ignore the context I was lacking. It would have been much easier. Learning Korean is hard, but that's exactly why we've got to do it. We have to do it, to quote President John F. Kennedy, if I may, when he was talking about going to the moon, because it is hard, because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills, because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win. I want to get to the top of the mountain. You're more than welcome to come with me. Thanks again for listening. It's been fun chatting with you, and I'm looking forward to doing this again real soon. Until then, stick with it, friends. See ya.